Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Um, we are on episode 52 now, I believe. So we are doing okay. Um, it's the first episode of 2023, I believe. Maybe the no, second one. It's the first recording of um, 2023 for the podcast. So a brand new start. And today we have got a fabulous guest with us. Um, friend of mine, acquaintance of mine, fellow pub quiz um, team member, um, two-time pub quiz winner. Yeah. Anna, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I didn't uh, it's good remember to finally we were... have you on. Yeah, thank you very much. I didn't remember we were <laughs> part of the winning team both years. That's lovely. Scottish Summit and South Coast Summit yeah, two yeah. times in a row. You know, exactly. we... we you know, we don't we don't like to brag, but what we do like to do, we like to win pub quizzes. It's just kind of what we do. It's um it's part, yeah. It's part of our skills. I mean that's it. <laughs> I think and every time we talk about that at the pub quiz here, I think Andrew gets a bit um gets a bit sad. Like he he hasn't managed to partake or win one yet, but we are fully unbeaten and um yeah. Yeah, the thing is that Everyone wants to take part in a, of our, you know, group. But the it's close. It's a very close team, so we don't. We're not that open to new joiners. So no, I think yeah. we we had we had Rue join us for the last one. The team expanded a bit. You know, we 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 carefully pick um, the right members for the team because exactly yeah. that's a very good but way would... of putting it. We've got to have a good balance across all, all areas, and, and and I think the team is just truly remarkable. And um, I think we could talk about the pub quiz team for for the whole hour. So I think we should quickly <laughs> move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Anna, um, can you just give us a bit of like a, a a background on yourself, kind of what you do at the moment, and and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Cool. So I'm Ana Ines Rudia. Uh, sometimes I want to make things a bit more complex, so I introduce myself as Ana Ines Rudia Sousa, and that's the moment where no one can say my name, but that's fine. I'm used to that, so Ana is great. I'm originally from South America. I was born in Uruguay. It's a tiny country between Argentina and Brazil. We are just three million people. And because it's such a tiny country, um, there is no, there are not big opportunities of growing. Actually, my role and maybe your role doesn't exist in the country. So uh, I tried to pursue career um, ambitions and I moved to a several uh, 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 different countries. And now I live in Spain and my Dynamic 365 HR practice lead. I'm an MVP and um, that's pretty much who I am. I don't know if you have like any in-depth question about the, anything that I just told you? I think we'll get there in time. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll get there in time. But yeah, it's just good to, and you notice um, I'd never introduce you by your full name because um, I could not, fine. I could not do that pronunciation as well as, um, as that you, that you did. I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Anna. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm used to, so no worries. Even people in Spain sometimes they don't remember. So don't worry. <laughs> so in terms of kind of like your career so far and how and let's build up to kind of how you got to um, what you're you're doing at the moment. Um, in terms of you've, you've, your school and and your career prospects, what did you want to kind of do when you was in school? What was what was the goal and the ambition for yourself? 
So if we speak about school, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be pretty much everything. And but I did want it to be an a strong hold on anthropologist. That's the word anthropologist. And then later in life, I struggled a bit in high school. I have some challenges and I ended up um, in the in my very late 22 years old, deciding that I wanted to study um, psychology. So I started psychology and during that career, during the academic years, I realized that human resources was something that I loved. Um, and my ambition, like the role that I wanted to pursue was kind of an HR director or something like that. And that's where everything started, but everything changed a lot uh, throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, my, my wife works in, in HR, so I'm kind of in the UK. I, understand, I, I know kind of the qualifications and the route that you take into um, into HR and, and, and HR director, etc. But you've kind of gone a, a different path and, and really I, I don't see many people out there doing kind of what you do. And that's kind of being a technology um, evangelist as what in that HR space. And it's something that's actually quite um, driven quite an interest in myself, to be fair, like your path and what you do, because uh, even speaking internally at CDW, I've been I've been talking about the Viva space and the dynamic space and how, you know, it's not just IT um, people that we speak to now. It could be people in HR, it could be people in finance, because the IT audience, as I call it, is growing. So how did you kind of like start doing that HR uh, piece? Did you go in and, and like HR advisor roles? Was How did you start off um, in, in that side of things? Okay, so um, I worked at, during my, my degree and after it, I was working in human resources, like an HRBP and doing like standard HR stuff. And at some point, I started working in a Microsoft partner as an HRVP. So I was doing like the hiring, employee development and everything, onboarding and so on. And the CEO of the company, um, he noticed that I was anxious and, you know, I wanted to sort things and solve things. And he noticed that I was very keen to use Dynamics for HR at the moment. And that was a while back. It had another name, but we're not going to mention that. And <laughs> it's always a problem. So actually, he he told me, like, if you're happy with HR and working here, that's fine. But I think you should consider moving into like technology role, helping HR people to work a bit smarter. So actually, it was quite interesting. I was hired by that company only for a maternity leave and then they extended my contract and they helped me relocate into Peru so it was fantastic and that was the, the like the moment where I transitioned it was a bit difficult because um, I had no idea how to manage a team and I had a team of people like um, distributed throughout um, America and they were like they were really technical and I wasn't so it was quite a thing but it was a learning path and now I'm really comfortable and actually what you said it's quite interesting because what I tried to do I was really focused on dynamics for HR and I all my content was related to that my sessions everything and 
actually starting like exchanging things and sharing stuff with uh, Zoe and Kevin and we realized like there is much more than actually the products that we are uh, experts on. And that's when my like man mindset, I start, I tried to open up and now I'm bringing like pretty much everything I find and trying to present that to Microsoft, sorry, to human resources people. So that's pretty much my journey in what I do now. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so in terms of, let's rewind back to uh, halfway through what you were saying, you started doing um, more technology stuff, more enabling um, HR, um, co-workers, employees, etc. Um, what made you then kind of want to start working within the Microsoft community? Kind of what stage did you go, oh, there's there's something in here I want to start sharing this, not only within the company that I'm working for, but for the whole community? Yeah, so I think that uh, like a lot of people um, in our community, when, what happened for me was that um, during pandemic, I was living in Peru and I was alone. Uh, like my family was in Uruguay and I was in Peru and it was quite difficult. I couldn't get back. So I decided that I was going to like create a web page and start creating content. And I created my web page in April 2019. 2019? 2019. That was the year we had COVID. No, 2020. No, 2020. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I started creating content and uh, at the end of April that year, I presented a session and that's when I realized that I was loving the exchange and creating content and seeing how the content that I was creating, it was create it was impacting the people or they are using it. Um, so that is pretty much when I decided to start engaging with the community. Awesome. And um how long roughly was it then to, um, that you got your MVP award? Oh, sorry, can you elaborate again? Um, when, when, um, how long after that was it then oh. you started going down the MVP path and getting your MVP? Yeah, so after, after creating the blog in April 2020, I started, so Malin Martins, I don't know if you know her, but she's like yeah, my yeah, mentor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She was on our she was our yes, last episode. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> she, was, she was my mentor. So she was the person that I reached out in my first technology job when I had no idea what how to do things. So she was mentoring me and trying to like see if I was MVP material or not. And apparently I am. So she um, guided me through the process. And I think I got nominated sometime between um, September and October that year. And I got my award on December. So um, it was it was interesting, a very, uh, it, it was a fast um, MVP award, I think, but it was because I worked a lot uh, to it. So yeah, that's how it went. Yeah, and especially, I don't think there's many people, rough from what I've seen anyway, that are do that's doing kind of like the the evangelism that you're doing either. So you know, you get a lot of people doing a lot of different areas within the Microsoft ecosystem, obviously, and and I don't see many people kind of doing kind of what you're doing. As I said earlier, like the the whole HR piece and stuff is is I find it particularly interesting just because my wife works in in um, in HR, so it's 
um, yeah, I do try to keep note on, on, on stuff that side, even though I don't really do too much um, with that. But something I kind of wanted to talk to you about as well was um, just your social media following. So um, especially on LinkedIn, um, you recently hit 10,000 followers on LinkedIn. And we spoke br briefly before um, the, we, we just hit recording this podcast. But let's kind of elaborate on what we're speaking about. Um, LinkedIn, in my opinion, is like a really, really good way of um, of creating content and giving a, um, and and connecting to peers within uh, the community and 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 the wider community as well. Um, what what was it that kind of drew you to to LinkedIn in the first place and start to grow and to create content and grow yourself on there? Um, I think that it's the only it's the social media or whatever platform I don't know how you call it that I spend most of my time in. So instead of Instagram or Twitter, I try to invest time there because I think that the connections and the content that you share, it actually pays back in a good way. So um, what I try to do is try to speak to people and connect with people. And I know that, I mean, if you have a doubt or if you have a question, there's a group for that, there's people for that, you can easily find anyone and I feel like it's a place where I feel comfortable posting. And at the beginning, when I started in the community, I was a bit insecure on what to share and how to share it. But I learned that it's a quite an accepting community that everyone like embraces your content. You always have haters, but luckily that didn't happen to me yet. And it's a very supportive community. Like people is embracing your achievements and trying to uh, make you feel happy with that so i don't know i don't know if that answered your question I yeah, I think it's I think it's true because I think if you go onto twitter and 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 YouTube and stuff like I think um the the problem with Twitter and YouTube is you can be faceless um so there's not there's not much accountability for stuff that you write um, on on YouTube if you comment on you could be a a troll you can we've had um we've had people on this podcast before who've, who've tried to be a streamer on twitch and they're just getting like lots of abuse and stuff like that i mean christine kolajetsky someone we both know on youtube and twitter if you see some of the comments that she gets it's unacceptable yeah. but i think linkedin gives you that that little bit of accountability because you have to you basically have to be a real person on there and if you mm -hmm. write anything horrible or nasty on that on there then um, yeah, it, it's going to come back to you pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that you're a person writing the, the thing, it gives you credibility and it's also like supporting kind of your your journey. I I think that the rest of the platforms they're they they're not as secure. They're not as yeah as secure as of LinkedIn because actually, if I want to be a hater with you my boss is going to see that I'm bullying you. And, you know, and my, maybe the future company I want to work with is seeing that I'm behaving not properly. So you need to be much more careful in that specific social network. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, yeah, it's the lack of accountability. I've said it quite a few times on this podcast, the lack of accountability and the lack of verification of, of person on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, etc., it's it just it breeds um, the the worst in people, unfortunately. So, yeah. Um, question I've got for you is like, what are the like the top, I okay, top two tips 
you would give to somebody, say like me, who wants to grow their LinkedIn and um, and be a, a content creator within LinkedIn? Okay, so uh, I think you already have this, but for the person, the, like for the audience uh, listening to the podcast, my first recommendation is to, if you want to create content, switch your account to content creator. That is going to give you much wider um, so people actually is going to, if they look for a hashtag, they will find you and yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, second, um, I try once in a while, I try to find people that I want to engage with. And actually, for example, I am trying, and this happens to me a lot. I try, I'm trying to have, uh, a bit more of, I don't know, uh, Microsoft technical specialist for like to say something. So I try to find people in through the LinkedIn search and try to find people that is working with uh, throughout the HR environment and connect with them. And some of them are very open and they're passionate. So you can share an exchange and some of them are quite quiet. But yeah, just like reach. It's if you want to create content, you should also be active on connecting with people. It's not something that happens from one day to the other. And um, the other thing that I would recommend is if you're creating content, the best thing to do while creating that content is to make sure that you're engaging with your audience. So if you post your blog and you just say like, hey, this is my blog, like no one is going to actually feel appealed to that. So if you have a call to action or a question or a poll or something like create content that sometimes is not um related to the things that you're writing but it it makes your audience uh grow a bit i don't know if that makes sense but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what i try to do so what's the um the relevance of linkedin ssi so i think the, the linkedin ssi is this um is it the social skilling oh, index yeah. score um so do you know kind of like what's what's the relevance of that and and and, get, and getting your score and 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 trying to build up on your score so, so i hear I a think... lot of people talk about it i hear a lot of people talk about it but um in terms of does that help you with impressions does that help you with kind of like your scope and stuff like that have you tried already i mean how, I know do you know your is, yeah. your score yeah yeah okay yeah, mine's 70 70 yeah Oh, it's very good. Let me see mine. I have no idea, but I think that is good because it helps you um, like it's divided. I think that in four different like uh, parts and the thing that uh, get your score. Let's see. I have 70, uh, 76. 67, yeah, so 67, high, yeah. 67. No, no, no. I'm three 67. points. On, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because of my industry and yours oh, yeah. might be different. So I think that it's interesting because based on the four components that you have, uh, you can, for example, I have 25 of building relationships. That is something that I know I do pretty much. But um, for example, I have a 16 in engage with insights. And that means that there's a lot of space there for me to start like actually taking care of that on the other yeah, side yeah. besides this core i honestly believe that i'm not doing that bad so um yeah, yeah. i, I yeah, will so see my, if my, I my, add... my one that's 
my one that's quite low is find the right people. Um, so from what I understand, with find the right people is is more about kind of engaging with like um, when you add somebody and stuff like that is in, engaging and making sure that you're kind of like you are adding people that you can chat with and yeah. and collaborate with. Yeah. Exactly. So actually, I think it's quite nice because you can see where you're lacking. I don't really know if everyone gets to 100%. Uh, and actually, one thing that I, I think I used to work in like business development uh, back in the day, and we used this to compare ourselves with the rest of the business developers. And I think that for that role is a bit more important because it's kind of it's oriented because it's sales navigator is oriented to sales. And I don't know if I want to sell through my LinkedIn. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I tried not to feel bad about my number. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> no, but it's a relatively high number to be fair. Like I've, I think there's only one or a couple of people I know with like in, in the seventies um, squad seventies anyway. Um, so yeah, it's still quite a high number from, talking to other people that I know and stuff anyway so don't feel bad it's still good <laughs> yeah yeah I mean when I, I I was a lecturer for a while in a in an institution here like in a business school and um one of the courses that the lectures that I gave was about LinkedIn and the best thing we, you could do with people between 20 and 25 years old that they are not related to LinkedIn is to give them to calculate their SSI and they were like seven, 15, that sort of numbers. So for that people, it gives them like a lot of like inspiration, I believe, to work towards a better uh, ranking. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. So we've gone social media. Let's go back to the community stuff. Um, okay. So we met for the first time in Scotland at the Scottish Summit. Um, and what was that, last June now? Last June, July? So that was I my first so. in-person speaking event. And you was on the the organisation committee, right? Yeah. So how did you kind of get kind of started with, with the whole Scottish Summit bit and, and actually becoming part of the um, organising committee? Um, I don't know if you remember, but a while back, um, and they did that for this year as well, for next year. So actually they they asked uh, the organizing team, the original organizing team from Scottish Summit, that is Mark and Ian, they decided they wanted to expand the team and because the Scottish Summit was like escalating very quickly, they needed some support. And they asked that through, through social media and they applied. And I wasn't positive that I was going to get selected because with all the amazing people we have in the community, why me? And I got there. And yeah, it's quite, it's quite, a, it's different because you leave the event on the other side. Um, it's a bit stressful because you have like a lot of time of preparation. Like you have maybe a year of preparation for, to make everything right. And it's sort of exhausting, but at the end of the day, when the event finished and you go to the bar and have a like a beer with your friends, it's quite like okay, we've done something right. It's a very rewarding experience. Yeah, I mean the Scottish Summit was awesome. Um, I, I do think last year the Scottish Summit and then the South Coast Summit—they're both like highlights of, of the year 
by by far um, by far we had a we had a really 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 good time at, at kind of both events and and they're so so different i mean you had um the scottish summit which was in the middle of the city center like lots of things to do um in another country um as well so it's it was nice it was um it's it was really really good i'm i'm hope there was some kind of um inkling on linkedin earlier i think they they posted it might be one in 2023 um so hopefully we'll get more more information soon and get your call for speak get your get your um, papers in and get them accepted because it's, it's it is an amazing event and uh, yeah. yeah hopefully we'll be there again yeah i hope so that i mean as Cottage summit sorry southampton 2021 was my first experience in person speaking it was fantastic and it's and last year it was not going to come because yeah things and then i decided like last week i decided i was going to go and uh, yeah i'm not missing any like southampton or south Sc sorry or scottish summit never again so yeah yeah, that was awesome because um, I was talking to Zoe at the time and um, about the teams and the obviously pub quiz uh, winners again. I have to mention it again, but I was talking to Zoe and I was like, oh, I thought Anna isn't coming. And she got, she is coming. Then you got added back into the group chat and everything was good again. So exactly. yeah, it's it good to have you there. It's good to have you there. Um, as, as, I said, as I said earlier, I was like, I don't think the pub quiz team would have been quite the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only reason why I went because I wanted to win the pub quiz again and we yeah, did we, 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 yeah and we got um we got vouchers for the national museum of computing didn't we exactly yeah i need to use those. i still need to go yeah so do i i still need to go but milton Keynes is a bit is a bit out of the way for for me um it's not every day i'm driving past milton Keynes and think i need to go and do an escape room at the yeah. national museum of computing but <laughs> i'll i will do <laughs> i will, I will need do to, it yeah I cannot do that alone because I'm not, you know, I, I'm thinking that that escape room may have a lot of technical things that I'm not capable of sorting. So, yeah, let's see who from the group will join in, yeah, not going by myself because I'm going to stay there forever. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, um, what's um, the next event you're going to be uh, going to be at? Um, next event is, <clears throat> sorry. Tallinn. I'm going to Tallinn um, 10, 9 and 10. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <coughs> Get a drink if you want. Yeah, I have something here. Oh, and your MVP cup. Yes, of course. And <laughs> uh, I'm going to Tallinn for the event that Vivian Voss put together with a lot of love and effort. We are speaking with Yannick about um, Power Up Cards. As you can see, I do pretty much all the topics, but yeah, we are speaking about that. So I'm going to tell in, uh, yeah, next in the next two weeks. So is that, is that Estonia? Yeah, it is. That one, yeah. Yeah, again, it's another one I forgot to put a, a speaker thing in for, but I think if I was traveling all the time, I don't think my wife would be very happy. I'd mentioned to you before, we, uh, me, Luke Evans and Jose are going to Vegas on the, 29th of april oh it's not like right now okay 
the Microsoft 365 conference in, in mm -hmm. Vegas, the biggest Microsoft 365 conference in the world. We're doing a full day workshop. So me, That's Luke fantastic. and Jose, as you know, it's going to be a full send. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be good fun. So oh, if anyone's listening to, to the podcast, fun. yeah, if anyone's listening to the podcast and wants to come, you can sign up to our workshop. Um, I think I've got a, I've got a, a special code where you can get fifty fifty $50 off. So you can use that. <laughs> that is great. I mean, I thought because you know that the Power Platform Conference is in Vegas as well. Uh, but like, I think it's sometime in November or so. So I was thinking about like the, the Microsoft Conference being like September, October, but it's like right now. Yeah, hundred days away. I think it is. So it's um it's quite close. So it's not, uh, probably about ninety seven days now. But yeah, it's it's getting You're it's getting there. The it's, I am. I can't wait to go. <laughs> and then I come and then when I when I come back, I'm go. For, I think it's three weeks after I come back, I'm going to Florida with my family. So I'm doing that trip. Yeah, I'm doing that trip to, um, quite a few times. There. You can stay in Vegas and then uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think my wife's gonna be too happy with that. No. <laughs> Not at all. I don't think she'll be too happy. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We've got, we've got a good schedule uh, lining up this year. I think we've got the, there's another power platform conference in Amsterdam, I believe. Yes, I think that is in September or something like that, or October. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So we, we have submitted for that one, and. Um, my good friend Femke, she announced yesterday. Yeah. What she announced yesterday? Experts live in 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 Holland. Yep, as well. Yeah. So she sent me the yeah. We can. I need to submit to that one as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'll be nice. To, nice one to go to. Experts live in Netherlands. So. That'd be that'd be a decent um, evening party after. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to, so yeah, you're going to have a lot of fun. Going to, oh, do sorry, you qualify what? All conference, do, you, do you qualify all conferences of how good the night out will be after? I'm sorry, what? I said, do you qualify every conference you go to by how good the night after will oh, be? Oh, yes. Yeah, the <laughs> thing is that you know that I don't drink. So for me, it's fun and up to a certain moment. Uh, when everyone is trying to, you know, to speak another language or to do something different or, to, you know, to get in trouble, that's the moment when I say, okay, I'm out. But yeah, I can qualify. And I'm the only one who remembers. So that's, you know, that's a, a card. To be fair, I, I'm quite like that as well. I get to a certain point and then I'm like, I'm going home. I'm going back to the hotel now. I'm not like um, Jose, Zoe, and the others, and <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay up all night. Um, no, I, I, I get to a point where I, I, want, I just want to go to bed. And, yeah, of um, course. Yeah. You're tired because people think that if you're in the conference, it's like holiday, and not, not, not at all. You wake up really early. You uh, go to bed like uh, really like uh, later in the night. And yeah, you're exhausted and you come back home and you need like a week to recover. So mm -hmm. um, last conference, Southampton, uh, we were, Southampton was the last one we had, it was, let me yes, in it person. Was, yeah. uh, Jose and myself, it, 
Luke was trying to speak Spanish and Jose and I, we were speaking Spanish, like actually Spanish and laughing at Luke because he tried, he was asking where's the library and like no one cares <laughs> where's the library. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like something would happen. Yeah, and 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 as you kind of mentioned, the 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 post hangover from a conference is like no other. Like not not even a hangover because of alcohol. It's just like the amount of the amount of time and effort you put into the lead up, mm -hmm. getting your event, um, getting your session ready. Um, the South Coast Summit. I think I done a I done a workshop on a Friday, which is a full day workshop. Mm -hmm. On the Saturday, I spoke three times. I done the um, I've done a Windows 365 as AVD talk. I've done the Women in Tech talk, um, Roundtable, and um, and then I've done one with Jose and Luke as well, followed by a pub quiz, followed by um, dinner and all that type of stuff. By Sunday and Monday, I was wiped out. Now you're dead. I mean, I I used to travel back home on Sundays, but now I try to, like Sunday night, like not not night but afternoon and evening and somehow I decided that if I can leave on Saturday because nothing's happened the day after I prefer that because I need at least a day to rest at least so yeah I don't know yeah I, I mean I remember I remember walking in um, bumping into you into the airport up in Edinburgh yeah. So uh, that was that was an early one. I've lots of I can see a lot of people from the conference very hungover that day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We had, yeah, actually for for Scottish summit we came back home like very early. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd, my I had, I had problems with the flights that weekend where all of my um, all my flights were cancelled from Glasgow, so I had to wake up early in the morning to get to another airport down in London because everything got cancelled. Yeah, which is great fun. So yeah. actually, Holden, you travel by plane because your train got cancelled, or no, no. So you... I was going oh. from Glasgow. I, yeah, I was going from Glasgow, but all of my flights from Glasgow got cancelled. So then so I had to travel to from Glasgow to Edinburgh and Edinburgh down to London. Um, but then, um, yeah, it was it was it was just long. It wasn't it, was, it wasn't yeah, the best it of experiences. Yeah, it yeah. Is. So what's next for you anyway? So obviously you're doing um you're um you're you're doing that other that event. I can't remember the name of it. You're doing that event coming up soon. So what what's next for you? What what's next for Anna in terms of career movement and what 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 do you want to do next? Um, it's a very good question. Thank you, John, for putting me in this point. No, that's okay. Um, actually, I am, um, well, I'm a dynamic HR practice lead, so I'm trying to grow the team and learn more about the implementations and trying. Unfortunately, I need to learn a bit more about finance, which I hate. And, um, but, you know, it's part of my role. So that in terms of career and then in terms of community, I don't know, I'm expecting. So actually, I'm involved in three organizing committees. I don't know how I'm going to make that work with my life and with my, you know, everything. Um, but yes, uh, I'm expecting 2023 to be a very exciting uh, year. 
in terms of development, in terms of engagement community. I actually want to help a bit more to like the Microsoft product team on Dynamics HR. I want to help them and I it, the exchanging with them is one of the things that I really love. So I hope to have like a more in-depth relationship. We already are very clo like close and we speak a lot bit a bit more and make sure Microsoft products are achieving what we need in the HR market. So that's my plan. Let's see how it goes. I am not sure. Yeah, it's um once you I think is once you get that MVP status, is it easier to, to engage with the product teams? Uh I think so. I think so. I actually I I'm quite straightforward. I don't know if you know that, but if I see someone and if I want to speak to you, it doesn't matter if you're Satya or a colleague, I will always reach out directly. I'm very, very straightforward. And I think I started engaging with the HR team a bit earlier uh, than my MVP award because I was working in a company that um, provided services to Microsoft, um, like the same product team. And yeah. But yeah, I think that it gives you a different, it helps you. I think it, it may, it may be an advantage. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So I've got two questions um, to kind of end this podcast on. Okay. Um, would you like to give me, like, can, can you give me an example, like a really bad kind of experience that you've had whilst working within the IT industry? It could be absolutely anything. Okay. That's the first, it's only one question. Okay, I was expecting a second one. Uh, it's going to come after the second, it's going to come after this one. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. So, um, one of the things that it was really uncomfortable for me, and it will always be, and I try to advocate for that not to happen ever again, is I'm a woman, I'm Latina, so I can sound passionate and aggressive at some points. But the thing is that when I am speaking for myself in a meeting or in a, you know, a customer situation, if I speak for myself, if I share that something is not right, I want to be respected and I want to the people out there to actually listen to the words that I'm saying, not at the attitude I'm having. So I was, you know, I, I was tagged with uh, being aggressive or being too, I don't know, too passionate or, and the thing is that that doesn't happen to men. So if someone sees that you are, that you, John, are actually sharing very passionately your point, defending your point of view, now it's going to say that you're aggressive. They're going to say you're passionate. And I learned this from Zoe. Um, yeah, but I have to face that a couple of times. And I reach the point where I know that what I'm sharing is actually right if they're not capable of listening to the words and they're focusing on how I'm saying things, uh, it's not my problem. So no, it's <laughs> that's not, how no. I, I mean, I've, I've heard you and Zoe say that quite a few times, to be fair, um, over over the past uh, year or two. And yeah, I, I completely I completely agree with you. But 
I think it's just how some idiots kind of see things. When when you when you say things and you you get passionate about it, like you, Zoe, Donna, like all people mm-hmm. that are quite um, are, are really quite forthcoming with your your points of view and stuff. It's for me, I, I, it, it, it helps me get behind you even more. If you get what I mean. Like and not the other way around, but I think that's just due to my attitudes and 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 how I am as well. To be fair, um, I don't know if you've done much in terms of um, profiling of people. I know you work in HR, but have you heard of like insights or disc or anything like that before? So um, it's like it's a profiling um, uh, thing that people use within occupational development where you kind of see who you you are, what type of person you are, how you handle other people and stuff like that. So I do my as I said, my wife is in HR. She does she does uh, the occupational development side of things at the moment. She works within something called insights and it's all about kind of how how you are, how um what type of person you are. Are you influential? Are you kind of more like earthly? Are you more kind of like someone who doesn't like to give their opinion out, but they'll hold back and they'll reserve judgment and then they'll bring everything in, then they'll make a decision. Or are you one of those people who are just like straight away, I want results and, and that type of thing. So you get to understand yourself a lot more doing these type of things, but you actually get to understand how to, to deal with, with other people. And I think kind of you and I are probably on that same profile thing. So I think that helps me identify with, you, with yourself a lot more um and and the way that you speak and how passionate you are and stuff like that so that kind of helps with that and i i thought you were going to say bad experience was going to be um was going to be seeing uh, luke and in, in getting changed in scotland but you know <laughs> um <laughs> um but you know we'll go on to the next question now it's kind of just tell me your best experience like we've gone bad what's your absolute best oh. experience the best thing um within within the community and stuff like that my best experience ever was when I wasn't even like known in the community and I've reached out to Gabriela Schuster. Do you know her? Who's that, sorry? Gabriela Schuster. So Gabriela used to be part of Satya's team. She was in charge of the partner like okay. relationships with partners worldwide. She's a psychologist and during pandemic, I remember um, sending her a message and asking for a mentoring and she agreed. So we had a mentoring session and that was like a highlight because she gave me a lot of insights on how to move into my career and how to handle the team and how to make things actually uh, work. So I love that. She's, she's fantastic. Uh, and of course, there are some other very nice experiences as getting to know Donna in person and creating a very interesting like network um, c- across Europe and the States as well. So, you know, there are a lot of highlights. So for every yeah, yeah, bad experience, you have at least 10 good experiences. So. Yeah, when I'm doing this podcast, although it's like, you know, we've got lots of like really... Um, important topics to talk about i mean this like hour has been like talking to a friend for me so it's been a bit different to some things we do but it's always good to highlight you know some things that are that have been quite bad and, and some and also the really good things that come out of it as well um so it's been a pleasure talking to you once again and um 
we'll see you. I'll see you soon. Yes, we'll see. We'll see soon. We'll we hold oh, hold on. We'll we'll see ourselves soon. How do you say it? Like we, I don't know. Uh, I I think in Spanish, <laughs> so it's difficult. Yeah, but uh, hopefully we will catch up in any event soon. Um, thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure, even though I kind of invited myself, but um. I've been telling I've been telling Andrew to have you on for for a while. To be fair, I think it was after Scotland, and then and then again after um, after the South Coast Summit. But I think by the time we got to the South Coast Summit in October, I think we'd already scheduled up the, like most of the year already. So yeah, um, 2023, great to have have you on as our our first guest. And um, if anyone that's watching or even anyone that's listening on Spotify, YouTube, and all of that type of stuff, give us a like, give us a subscribe. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight. And we're also on LinkedIn for Microsoft Spotlight podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about Big Titan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.